0: Episode number 188 of the Living Deliberately podcast. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast. If you're new to me, just so that you know who you're listening to, I am the author of the books Getting Unstuck: 5 Simple Steps to Emotional Well-being and The Clear Way: 5 Simple Steps to Be Mentally Prepared for Anything. These books are based on two self-help tools I created. That support you in getting unstuck and getting clear so you can live deliberately. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. And now for today's episode. Hello, my dear friends, and thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to join you today for our monthly Living Deliberately gatherings, which always take place the first Tuesday of every month, At the same time, 12 in the afternoon Eastern Standard Time, or if you're in Israel like me, it's at 7 o'clock in the evening. These gatherings are free, and they're open to those in the Living Deliberately community. Every month, I provide sparks of inspiration regarding what our focus is going to be for the month, and for the coming month of December, it happens to be that we're going to be focusing on generosity. And then we continue that conversation inside of the Living Deliberately Together Facebook group. So if you are a subscriber to my newsletter, you will already have received the invitation link. If you are not a subscriber and you're interested to join us monthly, I invite you to head over to my website, shiragora.com, so that you can subscribe and receive those invitations. I'm really excited for this upcoming month, and I hope you can join us. Okay. So, today we are going to be talking about anxiety. It's going to be fun, right? <laughs> and I want to talk about anxiety because I think it's an emotion that a lot of people feel in general, whether they realize it or not, whether they want to admit it or not. And I think a lot of people are feeling this emotion now more than ever. And not knowing what to do. With difficult emotions can be the difference between inner war and peace, between emotional suffering and emotional freedom, and also between living a good life to living a great life. And I wanted to talk about anxiety today because I was feeling it the other day, and I wanted to share with you how I coped with it. So let's take a step back and first understand what is anxiety. Anxiety is an emotion. And what are emotions? Emotions are energy. That's how I understand and how I work with my emotions. I see them as energy. I see them as having a vibrational frequency. So I see them as something that has movement. And because they have movement, I also see them as impermanent, right? Emotions don't last forever within us. And by that, I mean, think about the last time you felt anxious about something, and then ask yourself if you're feeling that anxiety, or at least that intense anxiety, right now in this moment as you're listening to this podcast. Or you can replace anxiety with any other emotion, like anger or disappointment or frustration, Think about the last time you felt one of those emotions really strongly and whether or not you're feeling that emotion at all, or again, to the same intensity, right now. My point is, the emotions we feel are temporary. So in my opinion, there are two kinds of emotions. There are easy emotions and there are difficult emotions. Most people don't think about emotions this way they think of emotions as good or bad, as positive or negative. But I don't find categorizing emotions in that way helpful at all. What I do find very powerful is to categorize them as easy or difficult. So the emotion of anger isn't necessarily inherently bad. It might be difficult to experience, but it's not bad. In fact, sometimes we want to actually feel angry and that's okay. Disappointment isn't negative. It may be uncomfortable to experience, but it's not negative inherently. Happiness isn't good. It's just an easy emotion to experience. And so even anxiety isn't bad. If you have anxiety, it's not a bad thing. It may be uncomfortable to experience, but it's not inherently bad. So understanding this, our work is knowing what to do with those difficult or those uncomfortable emotions. The easy emotions, we don't really have much work to do about them, right? They just flow through us. It's the difficult or the uncomfortable ones where we have work to do. So it's safe to say that many people believe that we are meant to feel positive emotions or feel happy all of the time. Or for this specific episode, we'll just say we're supposed to be feeling calm all the time. And all you need to do is take a quick look at Facebook or Instagram to get proof of the fact that everyone seems to be happy and calm and feeling joyful and excited and all of those quote-unquote positive emotions. It's really easy to get caught up in that. But the truth is we are not supposed to feel those emotions all of the time. I believe we are meant to experience all emotions. And that's what it means to be a human being. The problem is most of us were never taught this. We were actually taught the opposite, right? That we shouldn't feel difficult emotions. In fact, many adults innocently protect their children from feeling any difficult or challenging emotion at all, and instead they're handed a lollipop, right, to make them feel better. But of course, none of this is true. There is no rule book that says we're supposed to be happy or joyful or calm or giddy or whatever emotion you want to put in there all of the time. That's not really what the purpose of human living is about. I believe that we are meant to experience the full spectrum of emotions. Sometimes we consciously do want to feel anger in the moment, or we want to feel frustrated in the moment, and that's okay as long as we're owning it. Having difficult emotions is normal. It simply means that you are a human being. And I actually think that knowing that you have a full spectrum of emotions that you can and that you're actually meant to experience as a human being, it can offer a bit of relief as well as hope, right, to any person who experiences difficult emotions. I believe that whatever emotions are within us, we are meant to embrace. Now, I experience anxiety just like everyone else. We all experience it in different amounts and in different intensities. I'm gonna tell you how I deal with anxiety when I experience it, but I am not going to talk about medication because I don't take anti-anxiety medication. That being said, just because I don't take medication doesn't mean I don't believe medication has value for people. It's just that this is not the focus of this episode. The focus of this episode is what I do with my mind to manage my anxiety rather than allowing my anxiety to manage me. If you are someone who takes anti-anxiety medication and it's working for you, I'm very happy for you and you should continue being supported and guided by your health practitioner. Okay, so the first thing we need to do is recognize what is the natural response to anxiety or to any difficult emotion for that matter. The natural response is to have childlike reactions. And I spoke about this in episode 177. Childlike reactions include blaming others for how you feel, resisting feelings so you don't have to feel them, numbing your feelings so you can feel something better in that moment. And I did a podcast episode on that too, number 153. Or you simply automatically react to them as you always do. So since there are podcast episodes that I already dedicated to those specific subjects, I won't review them again here, but I do encourage you to go back and listen to them if you haven't yet. I will post those links in the show notes. In terms of me personally, what I tend to do with my anxiety is I tend to numb it. My natural tendency is to try to resist feeling it so I don't have to feel that uncomfortable emotion And then I usually go to the kitchen and grab food. And not necessarily unhealthy food, mind you, but anything that's crunchy and ready to go in my mouth, like almonds or rice crackers or carrots and peanut butter. I know, some of you might be like, what's she complaining about? At least she's not binging on chocolate. But my anxious feelings create actions in my life, like emotional eating, which creates results that I don't want in my life, including how my body feels and looks. So emotional eating is an issue for me, or at least it was a big issue for me. It's not nearly so much anymore because I know how to cope with my anxiety so that I don't do those old habits and routines as much as I used to in the past. And it's really been a game changer. So the other alternative to reacting to a trigger is with an adult-like response. Rather than reacting automatically, like we did when we were children, we have the opportunity to pause, reflect, and respond from a wiser place, and I did a podcast episode on that, number 178. So I'm in the middle of two big work projects with the work I do with Living Deliberately, one of which I plan to share with you soon as I will be launching a new course in January and will be looking for people to go through the pilot version. If you are not on my newsletter, now would be a great time to do so so that you're in the know. So the other day, I noticed that I woke up with anxiety. Now, what did that look like for me? Well, it was like a combination of worry, fear, uncertainty, stress, pressure, Like I had so much to do, and I felt like I didn't have enough time to do it all. And this happened at five o'clock in the morning. Like I literally woke up and felt that emotion. So instead of going to the kitchen, which I have to say I don't usually do at five o'clock in the morning, I usually go to the kitchen during the workday or especially in the evening, when in addition to anxiety, I'm feeling emotionally and physically exhausted. But anyway, Instead of going to the kitchen at 5 o'clock in the morning, I deliberately went downstairs to my yoga studio, and I took myself through the unstuck method. And what I want to share with you today is how I went through the first two steps. So S, stop. I sat on my meditation cushion. I took myself through my favorite breathing exercise. I didn't do any other mind work in that moment. I just sat. Now, I have lots of ways to take stops. Sometimes I do yoga, sometimes I just sit, sometimes I listen to quiet music, sometimes I do breathing exercises, sometimes I stare at a candle in the dark. Whatever it is I choose, I always include focusing on my breath. I often place my hands on my belly and breathe deeply into it because often when I'm feeling anxious, I'm not breathing deeply or consciously. Usually when I'm feeling anxious, my breath is short and shallow. And by the way, I always set the timer when I take my stops. If I just allow myself to sit for as long as it feels good, I'll get anxious over how long I'm sitting and what else I should be doing in that moment. So I set the alarm on my phone ahead of time. Usually I sit for 10 or 18 or 30 minutes, depending on how much time I have. So that's where I start. And the second thing I do is the next step in the unstuck method, T for tell. This step offers you the opportunity to access your emotions and identify which emotions you are attached to. There's a concept called name it to tame it, and it's a term coined by author and psychiatrist Dr. Danny Siegel. This idea suggests that when you can name the emotion you're feeling, your mind seems to automatically receive a sense of relief that there is something that can be done with that emotion. In other words, it offers a glimmer of unconscious hope that you don't need to suffer because it's something that has a name. So, in this T step, we not only identify the emotion, we name it. And as I mentioned a couple of episodes ago about how I maintain my emotional health and well being, I spoke about the importance of language for our emotional health and well being. So, in this step, instead of saying, I'm so anxious, what I say is, I'm stuck on anxiety but it's not enough to just identify and name the emotion. The key to coping with anxiety and any other difficult emotion is not reacting to it. It's not about resisting it so you don't have to feel that uncomfortable emotion. It's not about numbing it so you can feel something better. It's just about letting it be. Remember, emotion is energy and that energy can get stuck in your body or You can deliberately let it flow through you like a bolt of electricity running from your head to your feet. Now, when I work with my clients, and I teach this to them, often their first response is, but I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to feel a feeling. And they're right. In life, many of us have learned how to blame, how to resist, how to numb, how to react, And because we got so good at those things, we have no idea what it feels like to actually feel an emotion. It's actually really amazing when you think about it, that something is inside of us, there's an energy inside of us that we actually can feel, but many of us have no idea how to feel it because we're not practiced at doing so. And so the key is the opposite of what we're used to doing, which is simply being with the emotion. Have you ever seen the movie Inside Out? It's a computer animated movie that takes place in the mind of a young 11-year-old girl where five of her emotions, joy, anger, sadness, fear, and disgust, lead her through her life as she and her parents move from Minnesota to San Francisco. If you haven't seen this movie, I totally recommend it. I think it's awesome. And one of the things I love most about that movie is that the emotions in the movie, remember it's animated, they look like little balls or, you know, with feet and hands and eyeballs. And each emotion is a different color. And having that image of what an emotion can look like, it helps me when I'm allowing myself to feel an emotion. Often, I will imagine that I have a little ball inside of me. And I ask myself, is it big? Is it small? Is it red? Is it green? Is it hot? Is it cold? And I actually allow myself to stay open to realizing what that ball feels like in my body. Here's the thing. There's a big difference between feeling an emotion and deliberately feeling an emotion. So when you say I'm feeling anxious, you're actually not literally feeling anxiety, what you're feeling is resistance to feeling anxiety. Think about that for a moment. When you say, I'm feeling so angry, you're really not feeling angry. You're not in a state of curiosity asking yourself, hmm, what does anger feel like? I wanna feel that. You're not doing that. What you're doing is you're resisting feeling that emotion. And of course, that, the resistance, you know very well what that feels like. So what I'm inviting you to consider is to actually feel anxiety deliberately. Like, let yourself feel it. Let yourself see where you feel it in your body. Do you feel it in your shoulders, in your back, in your belly, between your eyebrows? And then just be with it. This is a skill, my friends, and it's not easy, but it is so worth doing if you want to stop getting hijacked by your emotions. Now, of course, there's more to the unstuck process than the first two steps. There are three more, but really what I wanted to focus this episode on today was the T-step and invite you to try it for yourself. While it may seem scary to allow for an emotion to be felt, The truth is the fear of allowing anxiety to run through you is far greater than anxiety running through you itself. And the truth of the matter is there's really nothing to fear because the worst thing that you can happen, as my teacher Brooke always says, is that you'll feel an emotion. Like you'll see what anxiety feels like and that's what you're looking for anyway, Now, you also may say, but Shira, anxiety helps me. It motivates me. It keeps me going. And you might be right. But what I want to invite you to consider is the consequences of feeling anxiety on a regular basis, because there are a lot of people who live with anxiety on a regular basis because they're afraid of what life might look like if they don't feel anxious all the time. They're afraid that if they don't feel anxious, what is their life gonna look like? Who are they gonna be? And that can be scary, I know. But I happen to believe that the health benefits of getting unstuck from anxiety far outweigh the fear of taking a good, honest look at your anxiety. And I have to tell you, I often do this step with my eyes closed and with a smile on my face. I actually love this step. I feel like a scientist or like an investigator. Like, okay, anxiety, where are you today? (laughs) What do you look like today? And I just let it be. It's in me anyway, and if I fight it, I know it's not going to go anywhere, nor is it going to help me. So feeling a difficult emotion like anxiety is going to be uncomfortable. I know that. I'm not trying to tell you anything different. But if you want to be able to deal with anxiety, you have to be willing to feel uncomfortable every single time. And I will tell you that just because I know how to get unstuck from anxiety doesn't mean anxiety doesn't arise in my life time and time again. It does. In fact, the more I put myself out there, the more projects I create, the more ideas I have, the more anxiety silently appears. But that's okay because I know how to manage it without it managing me. And it's not only that I know how to manage it, I realize how I'm growing and evolving as a person who can cope with difficult emotions no matter what. The goal of this work, my friends, is awareness. Living deliberately means thinking, acting, and feeling on purpose so that you can ultimately create the life you want to live, rather than being at the mercy of your mind. I don't need to change the work I do or the people I live with in order to decrease the anxiety I feel. What I need to do is learn how to simply be with what is, just like I would allow water to run through me. That's how I see emotions. And so I aim to let them flow. I give them space. I even welcome them in and honor them as something that is within me. So I invite you to take an honest look at your life and see where anxiety may play a role. Where may you be able to practice allowing anxiety to run through you rather than resisting it? How does that sound to you? What comes up when I offer that suggestion to you? This is the work, my friends. It's pretty simple, but it's not always easy. But as I say, the more you do the work, the more consciously you'll start living your life and the more alive you're going to feel and the more connected you will be and feel to the life you truly want to live. I cannot wait to share with you about the course I'm putting the final touches on right now and that's going to launch in January. If you want to be one of the first to know about it and you want to receive a discount on the pilot version, be sure you are a subscriber to my newsletter, which you can do from the front page of my website, shiragora.com. Okay, my dear friends, thank you so much for joining me today. I welcome your comments and responses inside of the Living Deliberately group on the podcast page of my website or as an iTunes review. Wishing you a wonderful rest of your week. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck, getting clear, and living deliberately with you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Living Deliberately podcast. If you'd like to continue this conversation with me, join me over on Facebook or Instagram at Living Deliberately Together. I look forward to being here with you again next week.